But you ever driving down the road and you see like the old driving instructor driving the student driver car like by themselves? Yeah. Every time I drive by that, all I think to myself is this funny, like sarcastic thought, like, good for that guy. Student driver at <laughs> 75 years old, going for his license. Starting again. I always think that all the time. Yeah. yeah, and they're just like on their way to go pick up the guy, or they yeah. just did it. But but every time I think to myself, it's the same thought, and I never get to share it with anybody. But well, we're glad you shared it with us. Thanks, yeah, thank guys. You. Thank yeah. you. Paul Kandarian just came in, had a nice conversation with him. He's he does a lot. He does. He's constantly busy. He's constantly hustling. You'll see that just by listening to the interview. It was nice for him to come in, get a give us his perspective on things. And acting and everything. Second right no second writer that we've had on? I'm trying to think. We had Steve. Well, I mean we we've had, had Paul. We've, we've had several different kinds of writers. Yeah, Cam, that's true. You know, and is, yeah, that's true. Uh, Seth Seth Cam, and Cam. Yeah. yeah. You know, we got some people who do a little bit of everything. That is true. You know, we I, I find Nick writes songs. That's true. Yeah. I find it very interesting that we do have we've had at least three people on our our pod now that have gotten into things a little bit later in life and they're flourishing in it and they're enjoying it and they're hustling and you know really putting the effort into it and Mm -hmm. it's it's uh it's a really cool thing to see yeah you know something that paul just said in the interview was that you know you have to really hustle and that's seems to be what Pam was saying as well. I remember what Pam said from one of her interviews that we had with her. It was the time that she was just on by herself and she was saying that the everyone when you submit for a role, the baseline is that everybody is talented and everybody like that's yeah. the expectation. So then what is it? It's that desire and the drive that you have as the actor to really want to go for it and put your name out there and get and, and take as many auditions as you possibly can. So it seems like that's what Paul was saying as well. So that was really interesting to hear. Uh, but I thought I had a nice time talking to him. And, uh, you know, I wish I could have just gone over for dinner. Seemed like he was having a good dinner. Um and we're glad that he made it because he uh, he was just wandering around the neighborhood looking for Jared's house. <laughs> Stumbled into a couple of neighbors' homes. Yeah. And... You know, he, he got acquainted with them very quickly. He's a nice enough guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure that nobody felt uh, that he was being too intrusive, so right. good for him. Someone got a knock on the door. They're like, I think Larry David's outside? <laughs> <laughs> he does look like Larry David. A younger Larry David. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I I thought it was great. It was nice to uh have him come on, talk to us and uh some valuable information in there for people, I I I think. Final thoughts? Get out there and and hustle. Amen. Joe? Yeah, let's hustle. We're we're going to start hu- this guy got me pumped. Yeah. Do the I'm, hustle. I'm not, I'm not going to do the hustle. Do the hustle. 
have you ever known me to be shy about it? No, not at all. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> What's your bedtime, Paul? Oh, nine. Nine-ish. Nine-ish? Yes. Yeah. I'm old, Ryan. I'm an old man. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, solid. I didn't watch TV for a while anyway, so I just channel surf. So. Yeah. No, I mean, listen. When you said, oh, I'd prefer in the day. Yeah. I just meant before sundown, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're not... No, because if this was February, I'd be, be screwed. Just, like, oh, I'd forget be, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, go ahead. Ask away, man. What I, I, well, we got, you You know, you sent your resume. I sent it to the two of them, and you actually were in something with Jared. Yeah. Really? Yep. That's Jared, right? <laughs> That's Jared, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just take a guess. On your resume, yeah, what do you think it was? It was <laughs> film. It wasn't theater. It was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, Gutterbug? What's what? your guess, Joe? I was going to say, How to Train a Husband. <laughs> That's it. No, 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 no. Uh, cars That Made America. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Oh, wow. All right. We yeah. the same episode? I don't know. I was I was at the Newport Car Museum. Oh, yeah. I was at the uh, Historical Society's headquarters there. We filmed uh, it. Was, yeah, Henry Ford came in and yelled at me. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had me originally for this, like, uh, I think it was like a board of directors or something. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I was, and it was a boardroom with people. So I... they ri- they originally had me for that, and then they yeah. saw me in person, and they were like, "Yeah, no, that's not going to work." And they tur- <laughs> they've turned yeah. me into a photographer. Oh, <laughs> did you work with Dave Tessier that day though? Does that no, name sound familiar? I don't know. I don't remember anybody from that day. To be honest, it was yeah. four years ago. Four. Or five oh yeah, years right ago. B- right before you, the you, pandemic, it was quick. You were probably too young. Maybe that's why, because they wanted these old crusty old fights, so. <laughs> and that was me. Yeah, they called you up. Yeah, yeah. And I had lines, too, so I got to bitch, oh, awesome. bitch about some his son, Ed Sol, was going to take over, and he comes in. <laughs> and the, the guy who did, Henry Ford, was, he was in his 30s, 40s, but they made him up really well. So I had tried out for Henry Ford because I was legitimately older, but they needed somebody younger to, to age. Uh, and it, it wouldn't have worked in reverse. That makes yeah. sense. Wait, so what was the? This was uh, 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 History Channel film. Uh, oh, the, History uh, Channel. Cars that built okay. America. I was in the the food that built America too last year, or the year before. Oh no way! So, yeah, so me in the History Channel like this. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, that's a good gig. I don't know if they yeah. know it, but we're like. This. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So yeah. Is, it, is it kind of like this narration and like reenactment happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So doc documentary bio biography. Sure. One something that I was wondering is. I know that you're doing a lot of acting. Mm. Are you still doing writing? Yeah, I, mean, I just uh, well, I write screenplays now. Oh, is that so? That's what I was going to ask yeah, because yeah, yeah. when I, I mean, when I first met you like eight years ago, yeah, when you played my dear yeah. papa, yeah, um, <laughs> you were doing a lot of travel writing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, every few years I just kind of reinvent myself, and that was I did travel writing for about ten years. I've been a writer professionally since the eighties, in a newspaper, and then freelance, and then I got into travel writing when I figured I can get shit for free. I can go 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 all over the Caribbean for nothing, and you know, didn't make any money at it, but I was going all over the place. Yeah, why not? So I did that. Yeah, and then I still write for an island monthly once in a while, like magazine stories. I just did the most recent one was a story on Steve Feinberg from the Rhode Island Film and Television Bureau. Oh, he's the head of it. He's he's the one who gets hocus pocus here, all these big Hollywood yeah. Oh, movies. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I get to hang around with him. So that was kind of cool. So with so, travel writing, like it was like you went to a place and just kind of wrote about your experience yeah 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 mostly for websites but for the boston globe for different places but they paid squat and but the the upshot was that you get to go all over the place went to istanbul went to thailand wow it was ridiculous 
I always say, if it's free, it's for me. I'll find a way. Yeah. Believe me. <laughs> no, but definitely. Speaking that's... of free, that's why I got out of theater, because it doesn't pay. Well, that was going to be my next question to <laughs> yeah. you, is that what is the last thing that... I mean, I know you still do... It's not called Coast anymore. No, it's, they, but they merged. With second the second act? act, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... No, I don't do anything with them. I, don't, I think the last performance thing I did was probably... Uh, with me? With you, resurfacing. Really? Yeah, it was one of the last things. Because then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And we weren't doing anything for years. So, yeah. And I was already into film by then. So, yeah. The last theater bits I did was Coast when we did Four Legs to Stand On. <clears throat> but, yeah, I think resurfacing was the last one. So what at, at what point did you make the decision where you were like, I'm not going to do theater anymore just because... I didn't. It didn't. It just kind of happened. Well, actually, the last theater I did was the Wilbur in Boston. We did uh, last year. I played Whitey Bulger, and and this year I played Whitey Bulger's brother Billy. Okay. With Neil McDonough was Whitey Bulger. No. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Those I didn't know who eyes. He was. I I was I did it last year. It was a four part play at the Wilbur's. Four different murders and whatever. And so I was it was in the whatever act it was, but it was Whitey Bulger. So I got to be Whitey. It was really really cool. And this year they said, well, can you be Billy because we got somebody else to be Whitey? And I said, who? And they said, Neil McDonough. I had no idea who he was. So it was this guy. And I looked him up. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know who he is. is <laughs> he's he been in everything. Is he local? He he was born in Dorchester, but then he, he grew up on the Cape. No way. So they oh papered the audience with people all over the Cape came from him. And they're like cheering him. Yeah, Whitey, go. Okay. <laughs> you know this guy killed 19 people. Yeah, right. uh, but he, he's the nicest guy. Really a sweetheart. Fun, yeah. Funny theater story. You can do, I don't know if you've ever been to the world, but it's like a, a no. rabbit warren of dressing rooms. Uh, Brando did streetcar there. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a really cool theater. But there's a small dressing area down below that we used last year. It was the H, you know, hair and makeup room. And so we all scattered around. And so I, I came down before the show, and it was, there was nobody in there. So I was sitting in there, and the hair makeup lady was there. And Neil McDonough comes walking in, mm-hmm. sits down, and starts talking, and he's like reading his lines. And then uh, Casey Sherman, the one of the guys who put on the play, he came in and said, "Can I talk to you for a second? I said, "Yeah." I said, "That's Neil's dressing room." He's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I just thought it was an open room, so I just got my belongings and scurried away. But he didn't, you know, Neil didn't say he was such a nice guy. He didn't, he didn't say anything. Yeah. But and then later at the at the after party on the roof deck of whatever hotel it was in Boston down the street, Neilan Street. Uh, Neil's, Neil's brother was there. He came up and said, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know it at the time. I said, oh, you're Neil's dad? And he said, no, his older brother. Said, Jesus, <laughs> how many fucking times can I put my foot in my mouth on one night with the same family? <laughs> they pissed off Neil, pissed off his brother. Can I get your mom on the phone? I'll piss yeah, her yeah, off Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, that was that was the last theater I did. But it was great. And, and there's a talk of taking it on the road because they, they liked it so much. Uh-huh. Be great if we go to New York, Chicago, and all this stuff. It'd what was the name of the show? Uh, it was called uh, Hunting Whitey because it was based on the book by Dave Sher- uh, Casey Sherman and Dave Wedge, uh-huh. who writ who written uh, Boston Strong. Um, oh yeah, Casey wrote the Boston Strangle. All these great crime books, mm-hmm. and they they do a podcast called Saints, Sinners, and Serial Killers. And last year they adapted the podcast to stage, and they did four famous murders: Whitey Bulger, Boston Strangler, a couple other ones. And it was four acts, and we did it. And it was way too long. But so this year, the Wilbur said they just wanted an all-whitey show. So we did the all-whitey show. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrific theater. I mean, so much history in that place. There's a lot of history in there. Mm. Um, 
I didn't know that about Brando, though. That's really yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, we I, I found his dressing room just kind of sat in there and absorbed the magic. You know? Yeah, and then yeah. someone told you to come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got to get out. Get the yeah, fuck. Brando's ghost is like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. not having it. Um, so now. I'm trying to think back to when we were in other desert cities together, mm. and you—that was 2015. Yeah, yeah. And that was at your theater in New Bedford. Now, mm. were you already doing film or TV yeah. or anything at that point? But yeah. not as much as you are now. Yeah, I would do stuff once in a while, like really no budget stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Student um, films, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, it wasn't. I was just kind of moving in that direction but they hadn't made the, the switch yet. it just kind of happened it didn't really switch it was just like uh-huh. i'm doing a lot more film so i don't have much time for theater uh-huh. you know because commercials they all pay commercials pay movies pay yeah oh uh, that you know cars that built america paid i mean it, it's so i saw where the money was and it, and i liked it and it's funny because when i first started doing theater i said this is the purest form of acting there's no you're not you, know, you do film you get to do it a million times it's mm-hmm. but a cop out it's it's a cheap way out. I've gotten very pompous about it. It's very arrogant. And then I started doing film, and I saw a check. I was like, you know what? It's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the residuals sometimes yeah. are nice, too, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah, I don't get many of those. I'm not, not union yet, because I'm trying to avoid it. But, um, yeah, it was just it just kind of happened that way. It uh-huh. just kind of evolved. Like I said, every few years you got to reinvent yourself, and that's why I'm down doing screenplays and producing. I'm doing one uh, that I wrote just with this woman in mind who's a Boston actress, she loved it. She got her own production company, so we're mm-hmm. going to do that probably in the fall. And, you know, the, the thing is you're into festivals and you hope it gets looked at and somebody with connections sees it. So it's all a crapshoot. You know? So how many screenplays have you written so far? I've written a few, but only made well, I made one a couple of years ago just before the pandemic and actually won an award in uh, Jersey, Jersey Shore Film Festival. Everybody's got a film festival now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it could be like the Ryan Durkee Film Festival. You know? Oh, he has one already. Yeah. Oh, no, right, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's short, short films, <laughs> under 45 seconds. Yeah. On a 20 inch <laughs> yeah. television, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black and white. Uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, do you, because in that production of Other Desert Cities where I met you, your wife and my mom is just the, the incomparable Pam Morgan. Oh, yeah. 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 Who, We've had on the podcast, oh, right. and she gave some insights. And she, she had somebody. She had Seth, right? Seth Chitwood. Chitwood, Chitwood, Chitwood yeah, yeah. Write her. Um, the principal's assembly. The principal's yeah. assembly. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Have you guys crossed paths in anything? Who? Uh, Pam. Pam. Yeah. No, I try. Actually, she told me about that, and I auditioned for it. I didn't get it. Yeah, because I wanted to be in a movie with her. But of course, uh, and I guess it's done well. But uh, yeah. I, I, I started doing stuff with Seth, oddly enough, way back. Oh, when, really? When he did Red Circles, and he's really he does these web series that uh, I, I joke with him, but I'm not joking. They make no sense at all. Yeah, because the Red Circles, I'm like. Anybody asked me about it, I said, yeah, I still have no idea what that's about. <laughs> it's just so convoluting. He's kept adding people to the cast. I mean, I love Ch- Seth, but, I mean, sometimes he gets a little too involved and makes it bigger than it has to be. But, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah, he, anybody went to um, the studio, right, California? Yeah. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's evolved. I'm sure it's, stuff's much better now. So, the Principal's Assembly's done well at festivals, so. Very well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I haven't crossed paths with, I haven't worked with uh, Pam at all. 
We'd like to. She's a hot ticket, as we old people say. She is a hot ticket. Hot that's ticket. for sure. Yeah, yeah. She's doing great. She's in that Hulu uh, show. Or was oh. it a Hulu movie? The uh, Boston Strangler? Is that the one with Kira Knightley? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She has a oh, yeah. has a part in that. Yeah. Um, I go audition for that. I audition for a lot of stuff that comes through. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Yeah. How many auditions do you usually go on, would you say? You mean live or? Well, actually, yeah. Now it's probably a lot of well, virtual not, thing, right? Yeah, it's all virtual, pretty yeah. much. Uh, I go a lot. I mean, I must audition 10 times a week. Really? At home, just doing stuff. And voice, my voice is a little scratchy today, but doing voiceover stuff, too. I audition for that, do that, so. Whatever it takes, that's what I do. But yeah, you have that... like a, I'm sorry. Um, do you have like a home setup for yeah for like everything, like a room you use specifically? for Well, this? it's not a room. Like I live with my girlfriend, and I'm allocated this one little you know spider and cricket infested <laughs> part of the basement. <laughs> and, and a friend of mine runs an appliance store, so I got in the pandemic hit. I wanted to start doing voice stuff, so I bought a mic. I bought a Blue Yeti X mic. And I got a refrigerator box. Literally uh-huh. cut one wall out and just put foam on the inside and a towel over the top. That's awesome. It's fine. That's works great. works like a charm. Before that, I was doing it in the closet, you know, with clothes all around. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I do have a, a little setup like that. So you just, you just adapt. I got a blue screen that, you know, flips to a green screen. Uh, I just audition in front of that. I got people spend a fortune on lights. And fuck that. I got the overhead light is all they use. And it's fine. It works fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. Works like a charm. I got a lav mic that I use uh, if I need it. So yeah, it's it's worked out, and I also I'm doing a lot of like UGC stuff, you know, user generated content, mm-hmm. like really bogus, probably criminal enterprises, like selling you know drugs that supposedly cure prostate cancer and all that. So I've tried this, and I'm a new man. It's, it's all bullshit, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, it takes me like 20 minutes to do it, and you get a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I. We're whores, Ryan. We're just whores. <laughs> oh, speak for yourself. Don't don't lump me into that. Um, He's the only one I know well enough to say that. Too. <laughs> but also, tell me how you get those gigs, because I could use some income. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Uh, no kidding. I'll sell myself. I don't care. Yeah, Whatever. I'll uh, sign off on anything. I'll right yeah, yeah. I don't. I'll support anything. It's funny. A lot of a lot of my actor friends who do like movies and stuff. So I would never loan myself to do commercials. So, yeah, you say that as you're eating your know, beans out of a can, standing over the <laughs> yeah. sink. And, no, I'm not doing that. Money is money. I mean, yeah. get that paycheck where you can. Oh, some uh, commercials are great. They pay upwards of a couple of thousand bucks for you know half a day. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. Um, so ten auditions a week. Yeah, you would say oh, yeah. roughly on average. So how do you deal with the rejection? Because you don't land everything. I just don't care. I, I honestly, you, you, ever, you listen to the podcast, Smartless. Like, of course. Yeah, I love, love it. it. I love it. And they talk about sexy indifference. That's what it is. Yeah. Like you, I just go into every single audition figure, I got this. They'd be crazy not to hire me, knowing that they're probably not going to hire me. Yeah. But you get that right on the edge of giving a shit and not giving a shit. You, you tread that fine line. It just puts you at ease and you, you don't get nervous. They never get nervous. Yeah. Just do it and figure I got it and then I don't hear from them. I don't hear from them. And then when you do, it's like, oh, oh, good. They, you gave it to me. So no, I never, rejection, you gotta have a thick skin i've talked to so many uh people actors who audition they get really nervous and blah blah she can't do that you can't because it'll un, it'll unhinge your audition i mean you just can't i mean you can get a little nervous i guess but just gotta like really gotta have a thick skin in this business absolutely do, is that something that you learned over time or is that something is that I, the I approach that you took right away I, right away because i figured what the fuck have i got to lose 
And I've told actors this. It was when you go in for an audition. It's not like if you screw up or you think you screw up, you come off, they're going to blow your head off. You just go home, come back another day. This is not, you know, it's not the end of the world. And you really yeah. have to embrace that, you know. I mean, it, there's, it, it's no judgment of, of, of your worth. It's just that you weren't the type to fit that particular part. Mm-hmm. You wanted somebody younger, older, fatter, skinnier. You can never, ever, ever think you did badly unless you really suck at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless you really yeah. do suck. Which we all, I mean, like... yeah. We all know people who really suck at it and they keep trying like they're good. You're not good, so just give it up. But, <laughs> but anyway, that's kind of rude. But, uh, but no, no, I don't get nervous. They just say, yeah, say la vie. It is what it is, you know. You always got the next one. Yeah. yeah. In film auditions, I've always found it to be so matter-of-fact. That it's yeah, like yeah. you just walk in, you meet the cast. If you know the casting director, it's usually a little more helpful. Yeah. But for the most part, they're like, there's 50 other people waiting to go in just for that time slot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk yeah. in, you do the thing, you walk out, and that's about it. Mm. It's not like a theater audition usually where sometimes they'll ask you to slate something again or try something again. Mm. Um, but for the most part, it's like you walk in, you get one or two takes, you go home. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's really quick. Yeah. Very, very mechanical. You know? Yeah. 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 So you got to, it's, it's, you have to have thick skin with yeah. it. Yeah. Do you find with the, the virtual auditions, are you, do you find that you do multiple takes or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We you, you delete them. Yeah. You know, I'll do one, screw it up, do another one, whatever. But yeah, I try not to do more than five or six of them anyway. Yeah. I found with the virtual <laughs> ones, I, 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 got down like the rabbit hole of just like i'd watch it and be like oh i want to change that and then i want to change this and then it's like two hours later and i'm like wait a minute there had to have been a good take in there somewhere what am i doing oh every every time i do one if i don't like it i just delete it right away this puts pressure on it you can do it right the next time fair and then by the time you get to five six seven i'm you got it down so you figure that's the best one because you'll second guess yourself all day long you do that yeah eventually you're just gonna be like all right you gotta send in this one. thing yeah, this is one. fine that's like i always tell i used to work at a newspaper and work with uh, reporters when i was an editor and they'd be anguishing over and over and over i said just send the goddamn thing it's at some point you're gonna have to let let the baby go right <laughs> let it develop and whatever but yeah that's i i mean i i miss the room i know a lot of uh actors love doing virtual auditions because i do too because it saves money and time you don't have to go all schlepping all over the place but I miss being in the room and reading the room and having a, a CD there that you know, and they they work with you and you joke around because there's nothing like going into a room full of people and just being yourself, making a joke, making them laugh. I did an audition once for a commercial, Connecticut commercial lottery, and uh, I walked in and the guy said, "Look at my resume." He said, "No," he said, "You do Scottish accent? You do one?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know how to tell what what clan a Scotsman's from?" He said, "What?" He said, "Look under his kilt. He's got a quarter pounder. He's a McDonald." And he and he laughed, <laughs> and he said, "You know, the reason I asked you that because he had an actress had just come in before that and said she does accents on her resume." And he said, "Oh, do an Australian accent, just trying to keep it light." She goes, "No, no, that was the template. I just left it on there." <laughs> so what is wrong with people? But anyway, I got that part because they just hit it off with this guy, and he was the guy doing the hiring, and he was the director. So he, he said. Pfft. So I miss that. I miss that that immediate feedback. And, you know, they give you notes, do it again. If they like it, they'll let you do it again. So I do miss that. But I, I love virtual auditions just for the convenience sake. Right. And that's where it's going. I just talked to a manager in New York today. I signed up with an agency in New York uh, management. I have an agent in Boston. But 
I was telling her, she goes, yeah, that's definitely the way. I said, I, I don't, I, I can get to New York as I need to, but it's a pain in the ass. She goes, 95% of stuff is just booked off virtual auditions. Yeah. But, all right, that's good. Because the industry realizes they're saving a lot of money doing that too. So. Yeah, see. we had a casting director on, uh, Elise, right? Yeah. And she, uh, she says that she had a database and that she could just search for what she wanted, yeah. and it was just all these virtual auditions. Then you could just look through it. What was the thing that she said? She needed a sumo wrestler that could speak, like German, German, really? a German speaking. Yeah, and she found it. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> In the database, it was yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've <laughs> Surprisingly enough, yeah. uh, I've done I've done German German network TV movies. I've done those, and they dub it. You know, I've done really? three of those, and it, it's like lifetime. Here over there, German Network TV. They don't they don't shoot here anymore since the pandemic. But it was great. They paid well. And German craft services are crazy good. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sausages, meats, all these great mustards and shit. Oh and my cheeses. god! Yeah, you gotta yeah, love that. Oh, yeah. it was so good. I've done German. I did German accents in movie, Russian, English, bunch of them. It, it comes in handy to have different voices. Mm -hmm. So well, that's why you're doing the voiceover stuff too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I did a I did a golf commercial uh tv commercial with the british voice he said why well, somebody sound like david attenborough I said absolutely i can do that you know that breathless british quality about him you know yeah and just like there goes the marmoset <laughs> exactly yeah. alanis marmoset alanis marmoset yeah. <laughs> nice little callback yeah, yeah exactly um what is this is something I, i've never asked you this but when did you start acting uh 2007 so like fairly recently. Yeah, and it's it's uh, I'll make it as short and non boring as possible. But I was writing a story on Kurt Columbus at Trinity. Oh uh, yeah. Back in two thousand six, you get there and and uh, I I got the shows there. Went to um, some show. I can't remember which one it was. But then I went to um, what's the one? Uh, Glass Menagerie. It was from the MFA kids. Yeah. And I remember going there. And Peter Boyle was there because his daughter was in it. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, this. And then uh, I had gone to theater in um, the Marion Art Center. It was a small theater, community theater. Mm -hmm. And I had gone there and said, oh, I can do better than this. But when I did Kurt Columbus's story, I was like, what, what have I been waiting for? The, acting was the only thing I wanted to do my entire life, more than anything in the world. And really? And that's kind of thing you fear the most. Because you fear, if I fuck this up, I would go to Mike. Is it the only thing I really want to do when I can't do it? So I never tried. I just got. I I, I was Seekonk High School, uh, and I joined the drama club specifically to try that. And I went to one the first meeting, and I just looked out over the empty seats and in mm -hmm. the sandbags, all the stuff. Yeah. I got scared and left. I never went back until 2006, and then I did an I auditioned at finally at Marion Art Center for Later Life. Ironically enough, the Gurney play Later Life for the lead, and I got it. In two, February 2007, I stepped on the stage. Then realized I should have been doing this all along. I just felt like a sense of completion. It's like uh, you know, um, sitting city slickers, or he says, "What you got to find your one true thing." Mm -hmm. That was it. That was the one true thing. Yeah, it really did complete me. It gives me a sense of fulfillment like I've never had with anything. And I, I mean, I love my family, I love my grandson more than anything. But it's that. There's something about that satisfaction and fulfillment that I never had before, and I always wanted, but I always feared trying it. So I, I honestly, God, I want to do a TED talk on on don't be afraid of you know the the shadows of your ghosts or your passive or the fears, because fear the acronym supposedly is false evidence appearing real. 
And it is. It's yeah. all your. It's your, you saying that. You're, you, you're your own worst enemy when it comes to standing in your own way of what you want. Oh, definitely. I mean, fear is completely made up. Yeah. You know, like how are we even supposed to know what we're supposed to be afraid of? Because what I could be afraid of, Jared might not be afraid of. Yeah. And Joe might be afraid of something different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. That's right. So you never know unless you try. And that's a cliche, but you don't. It's what they, and I told, like I said, you tell, I tell actors, what do you got to lose? Give it a try. Yeah. You're not going to die. You're not going to kill you if you screw it up. You just do it or do that or do something else. Never, never, ever be afraid to try. So was it that article that you wrote? Yeah. That. Yeah. That pushed you over? Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I saw Kurt. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I would see him downtown or whatever once in a while. I'd tell him, I'm obsessed because of you. He said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he, I love the guy. He's such a good guy. Um, yeah, he's always on my Instagram feed. You guys get those uh, those ads from Trinity? Uh, yes. Targeted yeah. at you? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you may now see me on some of not those ads, but you know, for Medicare or prostate, <laughs> prostate, prostate replacement surgery. So, uh, I'm glad the medication worked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really Congratulations. Yeah. That's all right. Um, but yeah, that's so that that's what made me do that and finally realized I've got to try this, and that's why I've never gotten nervous because I figured I've got nothing to lose. Just keep doing this, and I've been very lucky, Knockwood, that um. I'm at an age where I'm, I get a lot of older guy roles, like rich older guy, rich older white guys. The manager in New York says, I can find you so much work. I don't have anybody like you in their database. And it's a fairly decent management agency. She does CSI. She does all the big shows in New York. Not yeah. now because of the strike. But she goes, I won't have any problem getting you. So I'm going to try to get you on TV shows, like guest starring, recurring roles. Fuck, okay. Yeah, yeah. why not? But are you going to say no? Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't joined, I haven't yet to join SAG. I'm SAG eligible, but I don't, number one, I don't like being forced into doing something. Uh-huh. And it's 3000 bucks to join. Yeah. So you godless bastards. You. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody can afford to join SAG. I mean, the the, the people who are actually making a lot of money, it's like 1%. It's like 1% yeah. of authors are the one that making all the money. Yep. And the rest of us are just flipping along trying to make a living. But it's three grand to join if it's national. You can join, I think it's eighteen hundred for New uh Boston. Yeah, locally. And then if you if you work in New York or LA, you gotta pony up the other twelve. And then they charge you dues every year and then they charge a percentage of what you make. I SAG is I just I don't like SAG. Yeah, but, and now it's not like they have a lot of non union Yeah. Yeah, parts right. It's oh, not that's like all I do, but I mean, I've done. I'm eligible because I've done SAG stuff. But yeah, they, they got this thing called FICOR, and if you know SAG, it's it's uh, you could, you have to join SAG, and then you say I want to do FICOR, which is Financial Core. It came about in the '50s because mm-hmm. people who didn't want to join the union they still wanted to do non-union stuff, and that's what this is. If you're FICOR, you can do non-union commercials and movies and stuff like that, but you don't get the protection. Of uh, of SAG, you don't get to vote on the movies. Like I give two shits about who wins an Oscar. Um, it's a, but the only work you get around here as SAG is background and extra. And I did that once on a Hulu show on Castle Rock, and I was like, I never do this again. It was like a cattle call. People just you know, heard you in, and they treat you like shit. I mean, they treat background and extras like crap. When if you have a line, they treat you like you're you're a king. So I don't understand that. We treat everybody the same, you know. Oh but, yeah. But anyway, so I, I, I haven't joined yet. I'm going to have to at some point. But, um, yeah, I just do five core. And, I mean, yeah. my, even my age, they all, everybody tells you the same thing. It used to have a stigma if you weren't SAG. If you were sagging, you could, you know, wave that little card around. I'm like, fuck that. I don't work, man. I don't give a shit about the status of SAG. Yeah. You know? Yeah, usually the only people that I've run into that care about it are extras. 
who right, just yeah, want to yeah. make themselves feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, yeah. And when you know, tell people, it's, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But then if you if you go fight car and they look down at you, it's like, heck you. I don't give you look down at me all you want. I'm working my ass up. What are you doing? Yeah, there you so, go. God, I'm a cocky fuck. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's all right. That will be the the title of this episode. Cocky fuck. Yeah. 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 Oh, Paul like Kandarian, that. cocky fuck. Yeah. That should be your book. It yeah, should be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I want to uh, write. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get up the play resurfacing that you and I, Mr. Durkee, we did. Uh, yes. I'm trying to get that. Sent, just sent that to the manager in New York because she does theater too. Said. Oh, really? Be nice to get this back on his feet. Yeah. Uh, so. So that. So just for if you guys listening and Joe and Jared, um, Paul wrote a play that Cam directed. Mm. And it was called Resurfacing, and you and your son wrote it together, yeah, correct? Yeah, we did it through Harvard Medical School's Health Story Collaborative. And they asked us to do an essay. You know, they asked us a bunch of questions, talk about he, My son was a heroin addict. Like I said, Knockwood, he's, uh, he's back on his feet. He's doing well. But it was I was the only one who stood by him. So we did a, we wrote 15-page essays, and, and uh, people at Coast and Harvard put it together. Mm-hmm. made this really, really hard-hitting play. It was all our words. They just wove it into a narrative. And it really was it was great. We did it at uh, uh, Harvard to put seven people. That, yep. was, that was exciting. Uh, <laughs> and BC. And BC. The Har- I mean, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yep. I think that was it. The VA. Oh, VA. The VA. The VA. Uh, as well. And it was very, very powerful. And then the pandemic hit. Exactly. Uh, it and, seemed like it like started to like get some traction, yeah. and we were like getting some gigs and doing, yeah. and then pandemic. Well, yeah. So now it's just, and then our group was it was creating outreach about addiction support together in Rhode Island that we started with. Um, now that I, yeah, that I started with Rachel, and you know, and then uh, we're doing a lot of shows, not that show, but other. Uh, Four Lakes to stand on, um, and it was just it was it was a great ride. And the pandemic hit, and then everything just flattened out. And then when it came back, that's when uh, Coast merged with uh, mm-hmm. Improbable Players of Boston, and that became Second Act. And in resurfacing, has just been sitting on the shelf. So I don't even know who owns it. I've got a copyright. Screw it. I'm just going to use it. I mean, because yeah. it's my my name on it, and my son's name. Yeah, you Why lived not? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ryan and I, we did it, and he was terrific. He was a great, uh, great drug addict son. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Hold your applause. Yeah. Oh, but again, I mean, no, this is a theater show. We did other desert cities. We did it in 2015, mm-hmm. the year of uh, Blizzard every 10 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And we lost at least six rehearsals. Yeah, so many. It's in, And yet we still did it, pulled it off, got the show up at, on, in March, whatever, with yep. a limited amount of rehearsals. But that was such a good show, and it came together so well because you were in it, I was in it, Pam, Nancy Sparklin, uh, Carolyn, Paradise, who's oh. epic. I love Carolyn. Yeah, she's um, great. I don't know if anybody who else. Any... I think that's it. That was it. That yeah. was just, that was that was it, who was in it. How did uh, that cast come together, though? Like, that, that was at, that was at your theater? That was your yeah, theater. Yeah. That was uh, Robin Richard. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the director, and we had just done... Spamalot. Spamalot with him, oh. and he was Sir Bedivere. And I remember during that, he was talking to me, and he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be directing this show. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was like, it's like a heavy-hitting drama. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I was the, I guess, the comic relief, because I was the little shit of a younger brother. pot-smoking brother. I mean, the pot-smoking brother. It it was a stretch. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But no, it... 
uh, still to this day, I'll say that is one of the best monologues that I ever had to give yeah. was in that <clears throat> show. It was like a page and a half monologue where I just rolled a joint the entire time yeah. while I was delivering That's it. Cool. And yeah. then when I was done, I was just like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Smoked oregano on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that they don't even let you do that. You can't even light. No, you any... can't do anything. Anyway, but that show it, that it came together, it was like Caroline says, lightning in a bottle. Just, yeah. And we rehearsed at that little, that shit motel in Fairhaven. Yeah. Oh by my the water. Gosh. I totally forgot about yeah, that. In the breakfast room. We just moved furniture to make believe it was couches and this and that. Yeah. There's still like croissants on the ground and everything. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Did they solve the waffle station? And yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they did. Yeah. I, did, I, I think I did. Three or four shows at your theater. Robin directed three of them. Uh, did uh, Night of the Iguana, which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun with uh, Linda Monchek. You remember her? Yeah. yeah. We, just we just talked about we Linda Monchek. Really? We saw her yesterday. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen her in a long time. She was just so crazy. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, I mean, she's really good. And, and yes, I, I just met her there, and she would constantly show up late. I mean, if rehearsals are six, she'd be there six twenty. I'm sorry, man. She comes stumbling in, and uh, if, right away, I was onto her right away. She came one time. She came at six. I said, "Linda, you're, you're early," because it was right at six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I would just give her shit, and, and that's how we got along so well with her. We just got along great. Yeah, because I just called her on her shit. <laughs> and you've done stuff at Little Theater too, haven't you? Yeah, that was the, when I did, I did four years of shows at. The art center, like three three shows a year, sometimes four. Uh-huh. I just loved it, but I, again, I got I was like, I, I really should branch out, but I've kind of, I mean, I was get people would ask me to be in shows there, so I didn't even have to audition. I was like, yeah, I got to, you know, try somewhere else. So I auditioned at uh, the Masket River Theater Productions. Oh yeah, in Middleborough. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mary Mazaris is at the head of that, and they did shows at the Alley Theater in Middleborough uh-huh. with my friend Lorna Burnell. That's her theater, and I tried out for Betrayal, a Pinter play, okay. which is great. And Ann Gardner from Duxbury, she was directing it, and it, it came this close, and they, they gave it to uh, Jeff Gill. I don't know if you know Jeff Gill. No. He's a very popular local actor. But she said, I hate to do it, but I'm going to give it to him. I said, all right, get, get to do a British accent. Everything's great. And at that time, I was uh, Rex McGraw was a director at Marion Arts Center. He, he'd been at Ohio University in Nebraska. He really knew his stuff. In the first play I did there, he directed, and everybody, he was just this curmudgeonly, grouchy old gay man. And and he moved here because his family was here. And it, he would call himself that. So that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, he, I figured he knows more about acting. I forgot more about acting. I don't even know. Yeah. So I just shut up and listen to this guy. Yeah. And other actors have been there for a while. Uh, you know, they bitch and moan about, I'm not going to work for this guy as a grouch. I'm just shutting up and listening to him because he's, it's gold coming out of his face. And he would do things like nobody's ever done before. Like he would break scenes down and then he'd say, hey, we'll do this three different ways, this scene. Do it straight, do it underplayed, do it overplayed. It's three different, totally different takes on the same scene. And that yep. way you draw out kind of, you know, get the best of this and that. And I said, that's brilliant. I guess every director does this. Nobody's done it since. Not one person has done that since. But I thought the, the guy was great. So anyway, uh, Betrayal, I didn't get it. And he he wanted me to do is some musical at the uh, Marion Arts Center. And you don't he, sing? No, I do. I do did, you? I did Annie there. I did really? Fantastic, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you yeah. sang. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a stage voice. It's not great. Oh, okay. Not okay. like you. you know, no. <laughs> baritone, you uh, and he he said, oh, okay. I told him I uh, I was going to do this uh, part, and then I said I didn't get it. He said, oh, thank God. I said, I don't want to jinx you, but I'm glad you're going to do it. Ann Gardner called me up that afternoon and said, Jeff, the guy backed out. Can you do Betrayal? I was like, fuck, now what do I do? 
So I had to call Rex back and tell him I can't do it. So he was disappointed. Um, but I ended up doing Betrayal, and that was uh, the first thing outside my comfort zone yeah. at the Art Center. And it was great. I, but again, it was a small theater. Not that many people showed up. Uh, but it was a blast doing it. I get to work with, uh, oh, I can't remember the names now. Two terrific actors. Anyway, so we did it. And then I did Little Theater, Fall River. did Surviving Grace, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. With the woman with Alzheimer's. I saw that. that. Yeah. Who directed that one? Th- that was, uh, um, was that Ken? It was the two, two, the husband and wife team. Oh. From right. Swansea. Oh, Grampy and Bev? Ron and uh, Bev? Ron and Bev, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like Grand- yeah. Grampy and Bev. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, Small um, world. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. That was a fun show. And it was an interesting theater because you know it slopes down. Mm-hmm. And then I had stuff that I had to go right to the edge and guys would be sitting there like, you know, the feet stretched out. And I'd be yeah. kind of like, get the fuck out of here. Kick them in the Yeah, head. yeah. Move. <laughs> Uh, and then I went on to your theater, and then I started doing shows at uh, Little Theater of uh, the Barker, the Barker Playhouse. Oh, the Barker Providence. Playhouse, yeah. That's great. We did uh, Blay Spirit there, which was really good. Uh-huh. And they do like four or five regular shows, and they do a big musical. Big yeah. musical, yeah. They just did Avenue Q this past uh, wow. this past May. Wow. I really I was... wanted to go out for that, but uh, I was away during um, during the Tech Week. Tech Week, so yeah. Audition. Uh, that would have re- been fun I to really, do. I really want to do that show. Mm. They do a lot of good on. stuff. They yeah. they did they, they were doing one year. They asked me to uh, uh, Dennis, uh, I forget his name, Billadu. No, not Billadu. Anyway, he was a, an act. Been there forever. Really nice guy. He said, "You you know you can decent stage voice. Can you do? We're gonna do assassins, a Sondheim thing." I said, yeah, okay. And then I got there and realized, I don't read music. I have no idea what. And yeah. I'm sitting there, people are doing their music, they're singing and reading the music. I said, I'm so far over my head. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I stumbled through the first couple of uh, read-through auditions there. And then I finally caught time. He said, look, I don't want to be the guy that holds everything up. So I'm just going to, I can't do it. It's the only thing yeah. I've ever backed out of because I don't want to screw them up. Yeah. I, I probably could have stumbled through it. but then, you, I bet you you would have been fine, though. Yeah, I get, but sometimes, I mean, I didn't realize how hard that is. That's yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, oof. No, but, I mean, it, it, I'm sure it can. I didn't go see it, but I'm sure it came out well. But, uh, yeah, it would have been fun to do. But, That's a great show. Yeah. I want to I be in that. Uh, Jared, direct it. I tried to, but the <laughs> That's right. Denied. That's right. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> oh, man. What a different summer this would have been. <laughs> Completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so, what time we got? Six uh, o'clock. Six o'clock on the dot. I know we're flying. Oh my wow. gosh! Well, we started late because I got lost in the in the, the bowels <laughs> of Fall River out here. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, we were just walking around the streets. Yeah. I was like, uh, I'm right oh, here. <laughs> Trying echolocation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Echolocation. We have been. Um, yeah. I was going to do the Stella thing. Ryan! You should have. Yeah. You should have. Um, so, what are you working on right now, or is it a thing where it's just like a revolving door, and it's whatever it's a, the work is? A revolving door, yeah. Yeah. I got really lucky. Uh, two weeks ago, I did a mock trial up in Waltham. I saw that. Was that you as a judge? No, no, it was a different movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a plaintiff in this one, so I had to memorize. I had to read a forty-page dip. It's based on true stuff. Yeah. Uh, a forty-page deposition. Just familiar with it, but then the lawyer wrote a ten-page script that I had to memorize. He was yeah. asking questions. I. So, but it was fun. It was challenging, and they had a jury there. They thought it was a, a real jury. Um, 
that they were practicing for this real trial, and mm-hmm. they and they were were, but the the defendant was there. It was a malpractice suit, and I was playing another doctor. Okay, who got almost died from this procedure, or whatever. So that was interesting. Then I did play the judge and Gabby Rosson out of uh, of the Cape. She's doing a film called She Who Dared. It's about a female film producer in the early nineteenth twentieth century who was way ahead of her time. She did all this good stuff, yeah. but then get, you know, beaten down by the, uh, the male machine of Hollywood, you know, the studio powers and all. Yep. Um, and then, uh, like this past week, I did a film called buckle up. It's a parody series. They hope to make it a series parody of a driving school. Mm-hmm. And I played the, the kind of crazy guy. It's been there forever. Dispenses wisdom in these really weird, uh, aphorisms kind of thing. But it's, so that's been fun. I did something else last week. Oh, I did a, a, a financial advisor commercial down in Cranston, um, playing a guy who's this pompous, pompous white guy in a turtleneck and all, and saying really stupid things. I'm like, no, it's not a good time to invest, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the market is soft right now, pillow soft. You know, it's just obnoxious, son of a bitch. And Something that, to really sink your teeth into, yeah, really. Yeah, I loved it. And, 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 and the director's like cracking up. On it. So it was fun to do. Then they, they'll do that in a commercial and then cut to like a real financial advisor. Yeah. Saying, now it's a good time to invest. So it's just like the contrast. There. Yeah, yeah. But there's all kinds of stuff out there. It's just crazy fun to do. That's what I love about this because it's the same with theater. I mean, you get to attack a different character every other, or whatever, however you do it. But there's always something new coming up. I just got booked playing somebody's father and some other thing that's filming up in New Hampshire, I guess. I've done stuff out in California, Canada. I've just gone all over the place to do Is this. Is your agent, your agent finds all this for you? I find 90% of this stuff myself. Really? Yeah. Because that's one thing, if you're going to be an actor, you have to hustle your ass off. That, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's hustle, hustle, and talent, but you got to hustle. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, 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 my full-time job is looking for jobs. Yeah, it's sure. just the way it is. And a lot of actors sit back and wait. Well, you're going to starve. Um, I'm very lucky to have a, a, a girlfriend who I live with now because I pandemic came. I was going to get thrown out of my apartment. Um, we've been together forever, so we just moved in. Yeah. So, you know, she's very forgiving as far as I don't have rent to pay. I chip in bills once in a while, but, it's like, yeah, but I cook every night. That's why I'm going to rush home and and, <laughs> and, and earn my keep. Uh, oh, of course. For, our, yeah. for our people at home, what do you usually use to find the gigs? Like what sites? Uh, I use uh, Backstage a lot. Uh, which is expensive, but it's worth it. Paid for itself right away. Actors Access, use that a lot. And Casting Networks. I've joined. I belong to three of them. I probably don't need to belong to all three, but, uh, but because Actors Access is something, and Casting Networks is what everybody looks at. So if I get anything, I'll put in for something and get a notice from my agent. Hey, put in for this. God damn it! I just put in for that. Really, <laughs> I'm ahead of you already. You know. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I find at least ninety percent of the stuff myself. And I love it. I love I love the hustle. I love looking for work. Love to audition, and I don't mind getting rejected because that happens. Yeah. If I get every job I put in for, I'd be too busy to do all these jobs. Yeah, because you put in for a job, you know, this job, that job, that job, and they're all around the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just, and you get all these balls in the air, and that's fun to do, just to juggle your time. Uh, so it's a, just a blast doing it all. Uh, it really is. I think we're gonna have to wrap it up so we can get Paul. Back oh, no. home, back so he home can. For dinner. It's, it's get, get, that time. You got to get home to to <laughs> dinner. We don't want to get kicked out. No, because if I give in, it's too late. You lock the door and say you didn't make dinner. You have to sleep outside. Yeah, you no, can, we can't have that. You can move in here if you wanted. You it's know, a man if, cave. if you needed it, it's a man cave. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, you can. Yeah, I got. Do you talk. play any instrument? That's what I was wondering as no, well. I, I play. I, I strum a guitar. I used to. Yeah. Play chords. My my fingers are not callous anymore, but. 
So, no, and I took piano lessons as a kid and uh-huh. re- rebelled against it, so now that's why I can't even read music. So. Yeah. So, no, but I, I can carry a tune. And I did my first show, there was a little singing riff in it about something, and Nancy Sparkland was the music director. Yep. She played the piano. She was in it, as a matter of fact, that first show. Uh, she said, I knew you could carry a tune. So yeah. she, I can I, I, I can do pitch. I mean, I, I got a, an ear for, for the, the level it needs to be at. Like, um, I, I do noises. I do weird things. Like, like I mimic a, a, a vacuum cleaner. It's just I can do the, the same <laughs> pitch, I guess they call it, right? I just mimic sounds. I don't know. It's just a weird, unique gift. Yeah. Does that come in handy? Have we ever been yeah. on set and they've been like, we need someone that can be a vacuum. Right. Yeah. Well, yesterday, as a matter of fact, there was this this parody about uh, driver school. My characters get thrown out of his house, so he's sleeping in a tent inside the driver's education office. <laughs> so he's in this tent. It's really bizarre. And this guy, who's this uh, uh, the guy who owns it, the place now, because his father died, he was my best friend. He knocks on the tent. He's Gene. Gene, you in there? And so he he's doing this uh, self uh, uh, improvement thing where he acts like he's a a, a lion. So he just takes a deep breath and he makes this big like roaring sound. So I'm in the tent. I'm going, I make this barking sound and and I, and I stick my head out. So I said, "Is there a cat out here?" He said, "No." Is there a dog in there? But that was all ad- I I added that because I was just supposed to stick my head out of the tent. Yeah. I said, "Suppose if I do this dog sound, well, he roars like a cat." And they said, "Yeah, that worked." Then he did the dog sound and they they pulled everybody in. They thought there was a dog in there, and so I did that hey. and it, and it worked. It yeah. works. Yeah. Not I, bad. No. Um, so we have one last thing that we're going to do right now. Oh, is this like a hazing kind of thing? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hope you're ready for does it. Does this involve lubrication? Or, no? no, no, no. Okay. No. Right. Uh, it, well, yeah. Um, it so, hasn't yet. It hasn't right. Yeah, exactly. Not yet. Not yet. Um, so this is called the quick change. All right. So I'm going to have some rapid fire questions for you. You have one minute to answer all of them. Okay. How many are there? However many we get through. All right. Oh. Setting the timer. Yeah, so it's gonna this the timer will start at the end of the first question. All right, so this might have to be a little different than what we usually do because Paul's you know he's not like a straight up theater guy, so I might just have to. Yeah, throw some film stuff in there. I might have to throw some film stuff in there, and yeah. uh, and I got one question at the end that yeah. is specifically yeah. for and, him. And you know how you said no fear in auditioning; they don't hurt you. Yeah. It's well, gonna hurt. It, it it could if you don't get through in a certain amount of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Punished punish by leaving. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So here it is. What is your favorite play? Um, uh, Night of the Iguana. What is your favorite role that you've ever had on stage? Uh, probably the Reverend Shannon. Night of the Iguana. Loved it. What is the first show that you saw on Broadway? I've never seen a show on Broadway. Never? Never. Don't use up my time. Keep going. Oh, wow. <laughs> what is your favorite movie? Oh, Godfather. What? Who would play you in the movie of your life? Oh, uh, the guy with the curly hair, Rogan. Uh, Seth or John. Seth Rogan? The guy with the curly hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just love that guy. He's so goofy, and I was like, I'm, I'm a lot like him. Okay. I'll tell you why later, but go ahead. All right. Favorite book? Oh, uh, the, ooh, Ball Four by Jim Bouton. I'm not even a baseball guy, but that was a tell-all book back in 1967, 68. It was the first tell-all book in sports. I loved it. That's when I realized I wanted to be a writer because he was such a wise-ass. Okay. Favorite author? Oh, God. I don't, I, I don't have any. None? <laughs> no, no. Okay. R- dream role? 
time? Oh, uh, Big Daddy and Cat in a Hot Tin Roof, believe it or not. That's always been my dream role. I always okay. wanted to do that. Okay. Last one, specifically for you. Favorite hockey player? Oh. Uh, All time. God, it's got to be a goalie, so it's got to be a Gump Worsley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Love it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, a, it, uh... The pet tools of ignorance, he called the, the pets. I thought, oh, I thought I had his uh, autograph on the wall. Really? Oh. I thought I did. Well, you'll appreciate this. I've, I've got two bad shoulders and knee replacement. My knees were sh- shot. They got arthritis because I've been a goalie for 50 years, and I just stopped playing in January because it was just too much, hurt too much. And then uh, my knees haven't bothered me since my shoulders are still shot, though. Yeah. My dad's still playing. He still, really? still, still well, gets he, out there. He's young. How old is he? 60. Yeah, I'm seven. I'll be 70, so I think it's time. Uh Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. 60, yeah. but not you a goalie. You a good run, though. Goalie, yeah. Goalie's... Uh, that's... that's. You get beaten up. Yeah. Up and down, up and down. Oh, that's yeah. tough. And that proves the you know the old theory that goalies are insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Play goalie until you're almost 70. Out of your friggin' mind. Yeah. Well, there was no good doubt about you. that with you. No. <laughs> I haven't been on skates in a while. I, I feel bad about it. Yeah. You're going to have to get on? Get on the Get on the ice. Get a men's league going or something. Yeah, yeah. They get definitely. too intense at men's league, though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah they do. I just want to have fun. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're young. The guys young, they still think there's something to poop. But you're going to be a certain age. It's like the old expression, i got to get up and go to work in the morning. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you realize it's all bullshit. And that's the name of my next movie. It's all bullshit. No, literally, that is the name of the movie I wrote. No way. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it's all bullshit. I love it. It's Fantastic. a 15-minute play, I mean, a uh, movie, and uh, I hope you see it. Well, <laughs> did you already you already made it? No, no. I, I wrote it, and we're going to produce it. We're going to hopefully do it in the fall. All right, guys. We're going to audition. Yeah, we are. No, this, no there's promises. Audition. There's only two parts, mine and the, the lady who's in it. Well, Dang. we'll audition for the lady. The you lady. Can, you can be an extra. No. Okay. <laughs> hey, Great. I'll- you know who the lady is? Samantha Valletta. She is. She does the National Falls direct commercial you see on TV all the time, like every five minutes that thing is on. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's her. She does a bunch. She's, I love her. She's like a daughter to me. So I wrote this uh, movie with her in mind. She, oh, that's great. She loved it, and we're going to do it. So the next thing that you write, you're going to have to write with the three of us in mind. Yeah. Obviously. Around the, the square table. Yes. Yeah. We're not, nights, yeah. nights we're not particularly square. good or anything, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, we, as a, as a table, we could call it nitwits of the square table. There you, there go. you go. As opposed to knights of the round table. Perfect. Perfect. All right. I want to be in it. All right. Great. <laughs> Great. We're ready. Um, all right, Paul. Thanks for coming here. I really Thank appreciate you. you taking time out of your uh, dinner-making schedule to <laughs> to be here and talk with us today. Wait, uh, what's on the menu tonight? Oh, yeah. That's what is, important. That was going to be your uh, question. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. What's so because she likes soul, but I got tuna, so I'm going to do seared tuna on the grill. Nice. Yeah, I'm not screwing around. Man. No, definitely not. No. I don't know how I maintain my grillish figure, but I do. Well, good for you. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, gentlemen. All righty.